Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Halley. Hello, Oilers fans. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Connor Halley, and before we get to our show today, we got to thank our sponsor, DraftKings. Football's right around the corner. Get in on all of the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet a dollar or more on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season with their daily fantasy contest. And for week one, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at a $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game quite like having a free shot at a $1 million top prize. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game and get a free shot at a million-dollar top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code THPN for limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Connor Halley. And the offseason rolls on. Not a whole lot new from the last time we spoke, but we'll still find things to talk about with our guest on the show today. You know him from the pre- and post-game shows on TSN 1260, Locked On NHL Podcast, The Oil Stream with Dustin Nielsen. You probably follow him on Twitter, at Tom Gazzola. Tom Gazzola joins me now. Tom, how are you doing today? Connor, always a pleasure, sir. I'm doing well. Uh, In all honesty, I'll tell you what happened. I played a lot of golf last week, and uh, I think I messed up my SI joint. And so uh, I'm hobbling around like a 90-year-old man in my condo today. But this this is not new to you. I mean, you've been through this before, correct? Yeah. Um, you'll recall I went to Phoenix for all of last December before the season started. And I uh, played a lot of golf then. And I did it on my same thing, SI joint, but it was on the other side. It's like the top of the butt kind of the hip area and it's part of uh, the lower back I, I discovered as I was thriving in pain and uh, writhing in pain I should say and I was calling 
Brian Cheeseman, who at the time was working World Juniors uh, as the athletic therapist for them. Uh, I was talking to my buddies, our chiropractors, physiotherapists. I'm like, somebody help me out here. And I got sent a bunch of exercises. I was on the shelf for a good week, no golf. And I would show up at the pool area at the community and all these older folks would be like, why are you walking around worse than we are? We're like 30 years older than you. I'm like, it's that damn SI joint. So uh, I got to figure it out. Maybe I'll be calling my buddies who are chiropractors again. And uh, here we are in the thick of the summer. A couple weeks to go, Connor. I know we're talking hockey, but we're going to be back at the rink in two weeks. And I'm just trying to squeeze as much summer out of it as I can. And I'm you know, limping around here like an old man. It's, it's not the way it should be. Tom, I don't, I don't mind these stories because honestly, we've we've talked so much about the Oilers this off season on this podcast. Like, I, it, it's hard to find new things to talk about. So I just want to, you know, ask you one more question about that. And and I know Tiger Woods long, long before you know the the stuff that happened recently. People thought, you know, can his body hold up with that powerful swing? Maybe that's your issue. Maybe your swing is too powerful and it's just taking your body apart. <laughs> yeah. All right. So much torque in this yeah. <laughs> uh, 5'11", 180-pound massive frame. Uh, is about as average as it gets. I, I don't know. It must be something in my swing, though. It's not like I swing really hard. Like, I make good contact. It's short, compact, not much of a backswing. And I put the ball out there a good 240 yards every, every pretty consistently. I can bomb them every now and then, get closer to about 270 if I if I really tag one, and catch a hill sometimes even further, right? And dry conditions, but I, it must be something. Maybe it's just the lack of of stretching. I found playing like even men's league hockey and pickup hockey, uh, if I stretch after. Go do like a ten minute, like almost yoga type stretch, Connor. It it saves me the next day. Like I would wake up and I would feel just in absolute agony and pain. And I started doing these post game stretches, and it, it's totally saved me. So maybe I need to bring that over to golf because this shouldn't be the case at thirty five years old. <laughs> that that could be it. And like I know maybe you, you got to find a hot tub, go for a little soak, relax the muscles after. But the good news is we're maybe only a couple of weeks. You know, left in the golf season, then you've got eight months to recover, and you know we'll be in, in the hockey season, and the Edmonton Oilers will be taking up all of our time every weekend. We'll be talking about those Edmonton Oilers, who they're playing, and and all that sort of thing. Uh, Tom, let's get into it now. So the off season pretty much done. We still got to wait and see what happens with Kyler Yamamoto, of course, the RFA and uh, potential top six player for the Edmonton Oilers. Maybe there's a PTO out there, and I'll throw some names your way later on in the show to get your thoughts on that. But from what you've seen from Ken Holland and his staff so far this offseason, if you had to give him a grade, where would it be at right now? Interesting. Uh, I'd probably go with like a B plus. I think I'm more optimistic than some Oilers fans out there. And I, I think, you know, our peers in the media probably give him a passing or a pretty good grade too. Because one thing that got exposed was the lack of depth at forward. That was pretty clear in the playoffs with the Jets sweeping the Oilers. And I think Ken Holland did a pretty good job of addressing that. Hyman should be good. Let's see what kind of point totals he could put up. He should be able to put up career highs. I know he's a little bit older, late 20s. 
but that helps things out. Then you've got Warren Fogel. I think he's going to be the sneaky good pickup, and I think he's going to win a lot of fans over here in Edmonton. Just a lot of greasy goals, big body, good hands and tight, finds a way to bury garbage goals. Sometimes they're really nice garbage goals. Sometimes they're just nasty ones. And at the end of the day, they all count the same as long as they cross the line and flick on that little red light. So I think he's going to be a good addition as well when it comes to the depth. Derek Ryan should be a step up over, obviously, Kyle Turris, who I think is pretty safe to say, unless he does something absolutely spectacular in the preseason, will probably get buried in the minors because he's fighting for that 13th, 14th forward position. And you've got a couple of guys there, and Brendan Perlini and, and Tyler Benson, that will be trying to beat him out for that spot plus they're cheaper when it comes to salary cap and then on the back end if you want to really break it down I know people didn't like the Duncan Keith deal no retention of salary from Chicago giving up Caleb Jones and a third rounder he's better than Dmitry Kulikov Uh, he's going to play reduced minutes second pairing guy I think that'll probably benefit him as opposed to when he was playing 23 minutes in Chicago last year and in all situations if you reduce that a little bit at his age and he could still give you something he's still got some attitude like he wants to prove to everyone that they're wrong that's also a good scenario and then on the other side Cody Ceci is going to be interesting I don't I don't really know what Cody Ceci is like what can you define him as in terms of his style as a defenseman he put up some points in Pittsburgh last year he's 27 years old he should have the league figured out at this point should be steady should be reliable is he a defensive defenseman like Adam Larson no probably not is he something in between an offense and a defensive defenseman I think that's likelier the best way to define him I'm going to be watching him in training camp I'm going to be watching him in the preseason games try to get a handle on what kind of defenseman the Oilers actually have here but I think he's probably is he a step up from Larson no probably not but is he a good fill-in? I think from the outset looking into the season right now, yeah, he should be all right. And then now you get Evan Bouchard, his opportunity to be an everyday NHLer. Can he attain the level Ethan Bear did when he was playing at the top of his game? Can he do it quickly? Can he surpass that? If the answer is yes and then another yes... You're laughing. Ken Holland made the right moves. People will will quiet down with the complaints. And if this team's winning games, playing decent defensively, getting the first save, second save sometimes from their goalies and clearing out those rebounds after, and then the offense does what it's capable of doing. Connor, we're talking about a good team here. So that's that's where I come at the B-plus from. And now if we're talking two months into the season, a team that's struggling to stay in the mix in the Pacific Division then uh, clearly I'm blind and wrong and totally way off base. Now, I, I do have to ask you about the goaltending because, uh, you know, you, you probably gave us one of the best rants on this podcast talking about Miko Koskinen and the, the constant, you know, first shot goals that he was allowing in and, and just what it was doing. And I, I think you were at the game, actually, when it happened. Like, I think you hopped on during an intermission or before a game and it, it was probably one of the best uh, or, or most positively received rants that I've got. Like, multiple people were like, wow, Tommy, like, knocked that one out of the park. Miko Koskinen cannot be back next year. We got to figure this issue out. And now we're sitting here taping this August 30th. We're uh, a month away from the first preseason game, and, and nothing was changed on the goaltending front. How how big of a concern do you think is that right now for the Oilers, knowing that, yeah, they've got a pretty good team in front of them. And sure, Mike Smith, you know, last year played well. 
but they didn't add to the room and didn't didn't get any stronger there. How big of a concern is that for you? It's a big question again, and it's the same thing for the third straight off season, and that is that is definitely a concern. It's a valid one. Um, people are frustrated about it, and rightly so. I know the Oilers tried to move on from Miko Koskinen, couldn't make it happen. The contract sucks. Let's not kid ourselves. The day that that thing was signed was, you know, that final parting gift from Peter Shirelli, and here we are three and a half years later, still talking about it. It's still haunting this team, hampering it, holding it back when it comes to the salary cap, and then creating, you know, this shroud of uncertainty with the goalies. The the issue with the goalies too, Connor, is the last two years they've been a pleasant surprise, right? Like they've given this team steady goaltending a chance to win on most nights. Now they've had blow up games. Both guys have. Uh, Koskinen, the penchant for letting in the first one. Uh, I remember that intermission. We did that that episode of the pod, and I just couldn't believe what I was witnessing. Although I should have been able to foresee something like that happening, but. Can you bank on this tandem, maybe trio with Alex Stalock in the mix to be another pleasant surprise? Like, are you tempting fate a little bit? And and I think that you are. However, to me, the wild card might be Stalock. I prefer Stalock to Koskinen. He's a year removed from a 20-win season where he played 38 games on a really mediocre Minnesota Wild team. It's interesting to see the hype around him from all those nice saves he's making in the Beauty League, which is you know probably a 75% effort little summer thing for pro players. And I think that they should give him a shot. I think he's, he might make the goaltending slightly better to stave off Mike Smith, give him some some rest when he needs it so he could be on his game for the big ones because we know Dave Tippett likes to put him in the important games. And so I think Stalock could be in the mix. But here's the funny thing, too, is anytime I bring up his name with people from the organization, I don't get a definitive answer. I kind of get a ho-hum type of, yeah, you know, he's he's there, but... Yeah, he didn't play at all last season. He had that heart condition after he had COVID. And, you know, they're not so committal. And then on top of that, I don't think people care at this point in this last point that I'm going to make. But on top of that, you've got $4.5 million in Miko Koskinen likely just sitting on your bench being a backup. Or if Stalock steals the job, you know, he's just a wasted $4.5 million not playing at all. If that ends up being the case... Um, Ultimately, though, it's about wins and losses. And if Stalock can give you more wins and get get you better goaltending than, than Koskinen, then who cares how much they're making? You got to go with the guy that uh, that gives you the best chance to win. So it's a pleasant surprise for a third straight year. Can it happen? Sure. Is it likely? I don't know. I think that's maybe fifty fifty. So it's it's to me the big question with this team again will be goaltending. I just wonder how that negotiation went, like between Ken Holland and Mike Smith. Like they're probably sitting there, well, you know, Mike, we want you to be the starter, and he's probably like, well, Miko's making four and a half, <laughs> and you know, it's like, no, we're we're not giving you more than that. That wasn't me. There's nothing yeah. we can do about that. Like, it's crazy that the more we we talk about it, and it's like the further we get away from it, we should be more accepting of that deal. But it just doesn't get any better. It it blows yeah. my mind to this day that Peter Chiarelli and you know, the staff around him let that happen. Yeah, I mean, we were baffled. 
We were surprised. We were flabbergasted. We were scratching our heads when it was announced. Then the next day, Shirelli gets fired. That was a fun post-game show. Uh, I'll tell you what, Hernan and I, our heads were spinning, but it was unbelievable, everything that was going on. And then, you know, <laughs> this contract still. Like, if he had gone on to take the starting role and ran with it, okay, even for stretches of time. But, Connor, in the three years since, he has you know, played well enough to kind of be dubbed the number one temporarily. But generally, he he falters when he's had those opportunities. That's a problem. He's 32 years old. And, and, you know, I know Rashog says he's just a backup. Okay, he's just a backup. But is he even a good backup? His numbers would tell you that he's generally pretty good. But it's the, the thing that's frustrating about watching him is when he lets you down. It's at the worst possible times, and it's when you need your goalie most. Big save, uh, first shot save, obviously, uh, on a PK, yeah. and and he'll let in those goals, and and it just it deflates the team. And I know that they always talk him up, and I know that they don't say anything uh, deprecating towards Miko Koskinen because he's one of their teammates, but I'm sure, and you could tell, the players... They just you see that air let out of the, the the sails a little bit in the balloon when they get let, let those goals in that you're just like ah oh, here we go again so yeah um, one more year of this and I, I I'll I'll just finish with this because I'm ranting but I, I think that all season long Ken Holland Keith Gretzky the entire staff will be trying to upgrade the goaltending find a scenario where they can find or shake someone loose to help out Mike Smith. I really do think that it's going to be an ongoing open process, if you will, and they haven't closed the door on upgrading it at all. So it's not something I don't think they're going to revisit later in the year. I think it's always going to be at the forefront of their minds as the season progresses. Tom Gazzola joining me here on the Other Connor Podcast. And, you know, another thing that I think was brought up, and you would know better doing the postgame shows, but I, I saw some criticisms about the Oilers last year that maybe they weren't really tough to play against. And obviously, McDavid and Dreisaitl are as tough as it's going to be when it comes to playing against them, but lower in the lineup. Uh, obviously, Zach Hyman's there. Uh, you know, there's a few other pieces that were brought in. Warren Fogle. Is this team going to be tougher to play against with the likes of those two and then Cody Cece, Duncan Keith, etc.? Well, it's and it, yes, but like not tough as in we're going to pummel you and beat you up in the corners kind of tough, but tough as in hard to play against because you've got some bigger, stronger, uh, more aggressive players in Fogel and in, in Hyman that are willing to go to the hard areas. And they're guys that are difficult to play against. Duncan Keith is, has some nastiness to his game. We talk about the Oilers losing some nastiness in Adam Larson. Well, Keith does have that. He has a, a, a few instances over the course of his career where he's you know completely crossed the line. He's paid the price via uh, misconduct, suspension, stuff like that. If, if they're just generally harder, more irritating to play against, then yes, they would be tougher. But in terms of, hey, we're going to go into Edmonton as an 
opponent and we're going to skate right by these guys and breeze through because they don't you know try to beat you up at every turn it's a different that's a different kind of tough plus that that era is kind of gone too even though there's a few teams that still have big body guys that'll rough you up and and they'll get on the defenseman and finish checks but that's not to say that this group can't do it either you know less flybys on the four check uh, finishing those checks when you get an opportunity uh, just getting inside another opponent's equipment you know what I mean that's something Todd McClellan used to say those are those are the tough guys tough teams tough scenarios to face when you're when you're playing hockey is like you come off the ice and, and you're gassed because you, you know the team back checks hard on you they check you hard they're right in your face all the time they might not run your face through the glass but they're right there where it, it's irritating it's annoying it's frustrating and tough to play against Connor if that makes sense Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Tom, uh, one of the topics, uh, you know, Gregor touched on it on the, the Gregor show on Monday, potentially some PTOs, uh, a few names have been thrown around there. There are some nice names available and, you know, we'll, we'll see if they do get contracts or if they have to settle for the PTO. Uh, one name that you said you have heard, uh, questions being asked about him, not saying that he's been linked to the organization in any way, but Eric Goodbranson, uh, it seems crazy to me. He's only 29 years old. It feels like he's been around forever, but what do you think that could, would work or do you think that would work? Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, if they want a right shot defenseman that's been around for a while, doesn't play every night, but when he does get in, he's steady. He's kind of used to that role, right? Like, that to me is intriguing. And it feels like, and I'm pretty sure we're at the point now where you're not tossing out contracts to guys and you're you're throwing out PTOs. You're on the phone with agents saying, hey, we can give this guy a shot. Uh, if he makes it, has a good showing, you know, might be seventh defenseman in a case like Branson, and he's going to get a league minimum uh, contract and can try to play for that next contract if he still has some game left. Like, that's that's an intriguing name for that reason. If if they want to do it that way, uh, I'm sure there's going to be some interest in him. But the other thing too, Connor is. You hear a name like that, and you're like, geez, uh, high-end talent prospect, you know, didn't, you know, maybe reach the ceiling and anticipated level he was expected to when he was drafted. That happens over the course of a career, right? Guys don't always pan out the way they're expected to. But, um, you know, if he comes in, has a good camp, that's fine. And then on top of that, there's guys like that, really good solid NHLers that have been around for a while that are looking for work they're getting squeezed out it's like that middle market in the NHL is getting squeezed out you got the young cheap players coming in then you got the established guys who score long term big deals and all those middle of the road kind of players that usually fill up uh, the bottom, middle six of lineups at forward and then you know the, the last three defensemen or four defensemen on a roster those guys are getting squeezed out for younger cheaper and uh, potential upside in in the NHL it's just kind of the way the market has worked itself out it sucks and and there's going to be opportunities for some good players to land work and for the organizations to get them on cheap deals. So it's going to be interesting to see where guys go PTO-wise because I feel like we're going to see a ton of those announcements coming up in the next couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, absolutely, with the names out there for sure. Uh, Sammy Vatnin, I had a few good years with the Ducks, kind of declined a little bit the last couple of years, spent time with the uh, Devils and the Stars last season. Is he a guy you might take a look at at all? Um. You know, a couple of years ago, he would have been a great get. And 
but he's not big. He has offensive upside. Uh, you know, you want to contrast him with a guy like Goodbranson. What, what does this blue line probably need? Do you, do you need some more toughness, big body guys, or do you want a little guy that's kind of fleet of foot and can put up some numbers offensively, isn't the greatest defensively? Geez, that sounds a little bit like Tyson Berry, doesn't it? And Tyson Berry's, you know, obviously offensively tremendously gifted, leading all defensemen in scoring in the league last year. So, Vatnin, uh, you know, interesting to see he doesn't have a job yet. Um, in this case, if I were playing armchair GM, I'd probably want to lean towards a guy like Goodbranson. Bigger, uh, a little bit tougher, rough and tumble, if you will, and has a bit of a mean streak in him and can give you some decent minutes. That's that's the way I'd lean, but who knows? Maybe they want to build their defensive unit differently. Uh, we shall see in time here. Uh, preseason for the Oilers gets going Sunday, September 26th, taking on the Flames, 7 o'clock puck drop. You and I may be doing a pregame show. We'll, we'll find out and see what happens from the, the powers that be at TSN 1260. But when that game rolls around, I mean, there, there's going to be some guys that I think obviously we'll have highlighted and, and make sure we want to watch. Who are a couple of guys that you're going to be locked into the preseason to see what they can do and you know uh, make or break yeah. for them? Yeah, definitely CC. I'll watch the goalies like everybody else, but I want to see how Tyler Benson looks. Is his skating improved? That's obviously been a knock on his game for a while, but he's done a tremendous amount of work in the AHL to put up numbers, become an all-around player, responsible defensively, all those things. Um, can he skate at an NHL level? I know that's the question mark around him. That's the rhetoric around him. So let's see if he can do it. Um, obviously, tremendous talent, good offensive ability. What's Brendan Perlini going to look like after spending last year in Europe? That's interesting as well. And then, uh, obviously, Kyle Turris has been putting in all this work. Um, will it pay off? I don't know. But uh, I think that's going to be the big interesting storylines that I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, I know it's not the sexier ones. Uh, the bigger storylines will be the goalies, obviously. And then just, I'm curious. Again, I'll reiterate one more time. Cece, what do you got here? And... Um, and we'll go that way with uh, what I'm keeping an eye on going into those preseason games. And hopefully, I think we're going to be doing a few preseason games. Uh, kind of our rule of thumb, Connor, as you know, is whatever games are televised, we do pre and post for in the preseason. Back in the day uh, when the when the games were on streaming online, I think it was like yep. Oilers YouTube, uh, they would get us to do post-game shows, uh, Dean Millard and I. And there was a couple yep. cases where we couldn't watch it because... Of uh, just like the zoning, so we oh, did, yeah. uh, <laughs> we're doing post game shows based off uh, tweets, probably from you, and I think the the box score at the end of the game. So it, it wasn't the most accurate. So yeah, I like when we use that model where if we can watch the game, we can do pre and post game shows. If not, maybe maybe not the best idea to do so. But uh, I'm certainly <laughs> looking forward to it. Now you talked about Cody CC. Is there a leash with him? And and do you think there's any chance that Evan Bouchard could surpass him and and maybe hop into that second pairing? Yeah, maybe, but you know, you, you committed to CC, you gave him respectable money and a four-year term, so you want to give him an opportunity to just play and provide what he did provide in Pittsburgh last year. And if you're going to keep a leash on him uh, and have him start questioning himself, looking over his shoulder, I don't think that builds a great scenario. On top of that. Evan Bouchard has played 21 NHL games. Could he surpass Cody Cece this year? 
potentially. Will he? I'm not sure. Uh, would I put money on it? I, I don't want to. I play it pretty conservative when I look at these guys and, and how they need to develop and find their games. Um, so if Evan Bouchard ends up playing in the third pair with PK time, you know, 12 to 15 minutes a night, but he plays 82 games and 60 of them are pretty darn good. And yes, he's going to have his off nights as he finds a certain level of consistency at the NHL uh, level. You know, that to me is a pretty good first full NHL season for a young defenseman. So I don't I don't know I like I know that discussion about Evan Bouchard climbing the ladder on the defensive depth chart has been out there, but we have to keep in mind he's a young guy and he's barely played in the National Hockey League. Um, we haven't seen the full potential of Evan Bouchard yet. Although with that is going to come peaks and valleys. Mistakes come with that, and I think there's going to be nights where those will be discussions that we have on the post game. So, you know, I could he do it? Sure, Connor. Do I think he's going to surpass CC? No. Do I think that there's a leash on CC? Not necessarily, unless he pulls a Mark Fain and just doesn't end up being the defenseman that they thought they signed. And I, I don't think that that's going to happen. So I think. If if I'm looking at this, uh, again, armchair GMing, arm, armchair coaching, and I go, well, CeCe's going to be in the second pairing with Keith, should be all right all season. Uh, maybe Bouchard has a few looks every now and then, but, you know, you let him simmer and grow, develop, and all those things he needs to do. And if it's in the third pairing, so be it. Tom, you were one of the few people that were down at games last year at uh – at Rogers Place with no fans, uh, one of the selected media members. The OEG announced the, the plan to get people back in there. Obviously, if you're fully vaxxed and you prove it, you can go to games or if you have that negative test. Maybe just uh, reflect on how crazy it was seeing games last year without fans there and how awesome it's going to be to get them back. Yeah, uh, the bubble was weird. It was very cold in that building. We were up on the upper deck and... Uh, bizarre but it was cool to hear everything they dressed up the building really nicely that was neat in itself then last year they moved us down to the loge level it was amazing you're right on top of the action you can hear everything even better and uh, we each had our own loge table which was great very comfortable but at the same time i think the novelty of it wore off connor probably after three or four games and you'd hear the music just blasting. Um, you'd take a look around, especially in TV timeouts, not really paying attention to the video board. And you go, geez, I miss, you know, the crowd. I miss people being into it. I miss the cheesy um, commercial breaks where they would have, you know, giveaways and contests and stuff like that. It makes you appreciate it that much more. Um, the buzz around the city. I, I I live right down the street from the arena and... You know, you and I would finish up a pregame show and I'd say, okay, see you, Connor, and I'd rip over to the rink. To not see anybody around the building, uh, people in their jerseys, excited, people at restaurants and bars around the district, um, that was eerie. And, and it was also eerie, kind of sad, too, leaving in the second intermission to get back home to set up for postgame with Hernan. And same thing, nobody around, no buzz, no energy, just desolate and quiet. 
all of it was strange. All of it was bizarre. I'm glad that there's a plan in place. Uh, I'm glad that the OEG wants to do it the safest way possible. Does it suck? Uh, is it a pain in the butt for some people? Sure. But uh, safety matters most. And, you know, I think they got it right and made the right decision in, in all this. And I think they waited, too, for other teams to do it. We're going to see more teams announce this stuff. We saw the Elks do it on Monday as well. Um it's just this just where we're going uh, with this pandemic, and uh, they need to protect as many people as possible, and, and that's their way of doing it. So I'm excited to see people back in the building. Hopefully everything is safe, and uh, and we hear those those crowds uh, chanting and ooing and aahing and booing and and uh, the goal horn going off of people jumping out of their seat. To me, that's the best part of the job, and then getting to talk about it after. Um, but it's that excitement that comes with fans in and around the building, and that has been sorely missed over the last year and a half. Oh, yeah, man. The buzz when Connor McDavid picks up the puck, you know, at the red line or his own blue line, like just the anticipation that something could happen. That, that's something that I missed for sure, having that empty arena. But uh, like you said, I mean, it's it's going to be tough. And, and, and for the people out there that don't believe in the vaccine or are unvaccinated, I just question, like, I don't know. I I have been tested three times, Tom. I had the throat swab twice and the nose once. And mm-hmm. all were unpleasant, but I I don't know if I would do it. And, and, you know, maybe that's just the double vaxxed in me speaking, and I know that I don't have to. But to go to an Oiler game, having to go through all that, it, it might be a little bit of a deterrent for me. And I know there's a lot of diehard fans that will be willing to do it, but that whole process was just so uncomfortable. I'd probably be like, yeah, I'll, I'll sit at home and watch. I'll, I'll sacrifice yeah. myself for it. It's it's a lot to do. I don't know. You you had a you had a test or two. I I assume. I think that there was a oh, little yeah. scare in the beginning uh, with some of the the media in town. I just I don't know if I could do it for for multiple games, especially if I was a season ticket holder. It's it's a pain in the, in the butt. Uh, it's not fun. I mean, it's quick. Uh, you got to wait for your results though. Um, I don't know. I think the simple solution is to get the vaccine. And, you know, you hear people say why they don't want it. They make their arguments. And, uh, you know, I'm not here to change anybody's mind. Um, I'm not here to tell them what to do. But I just I I believe in the smartest people in the world. And that's generally doctors, scientists and uh, those that uh, make our lives better and save our lives. So. You know, believe in what you want, but I think the the simplest way to get by all of this is probably to get vaccinated. That's just me. I'm not telling anyone what to do, though. I am. I'm with you 100. Uh, percent Last question for you, Tom. And I really appreciate you doing this today. Just looking around the Pacific Division, uh, we know you know the teams in Southern California. They're trying to figure things out, kind of in that rebuild process with the Sharks, Kings, and uh, the Anaheim Ducks. Obviously, Vegas is going to be strong. The Flames. You, you know, we were not too sure. Big changes in Vancouver. If you had to make a prediction right now, what do you think the uh, top three teams in the Pacific Division are, are going to be this year? I think I think Vegas is, is the front runner for sure. No denying that. I think Edmonton, if they get the goaltending, could challenge the Golden Knights, especially if they have good performances against Vegas when they do face off against them. So I think the Oilers should be right up there with the Golden Knights, 1-2 right there again. And then, to me, I think Vancouver has improved. And Calgary should be... Calgary, to me, should be a better team than what they did last year. Um, I'm curious to see how Goudreau and Monaghan perform for Daryl Sutter. uh, The way he coaches them changes or if they adapt to playing for him and it's harmonious. But that team in Calgary needs to be better. It should be better on paper. It's better than what it showed last year. So I could see... Vancouver and Calgary competing for that third spot. 
Seattle and the California teams, uh, good luck. <laughs> I mean, you know, Seattle, Seattle and L.A. might be the next tier of teams in the Pacific Division. And then San Jose, there's so many issues going on there. They're old. Uh, Vander Kane, that whole thing is a mess. Um, and then Anaheim essentially did nothing in the offseason. I can't even remember who they picked up, but it was, you know, like minimal minimal gains. And you're like, are, are you guys trying this year? What are you going to do? Because uh, that team wasn't good last year, and it probably won't be this year. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that one. And San Jose, I mean, the the payment on those defensemen that they have that are kind of old already, it's it's crazy. And I should clarify before someone like tweets me or anything. I know San Jose is not Southern California. I should have just said California. I threw myself off with it. But, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of a mess down there after for a long time being the, the class of the Pacific Division. Tom, uh, thanks a lot for doing this today. Really appreciate you hopping on. No problem, Connor. Anytime. Thanks for letting me rant for forever in epic fashion. Oh, we always appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. Thank you, Connor Halley. Excellent stuff from Tom Gazzola. He's the host of the Oilers pre- and post-game shows on TSN 1260. He's also part of the Oil Stream with Dustin Nielsen. He's on the Locked On NHL podcast. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter at Tom Gazzola. Really appreciate him giving some time to us on the show as usual. And that's going to wrap it up for this edition. Now, once again, we're still on the Kyler Yamamoto watch. As Jason Greger reported today, there are potentially some PTOs we might be able to watch out for as we get closer to training camp. But that's about it. It's still the offseason, kind of the slow part. But things are going to be picking up in no time as camps get going. We'll have preseason action. And then it will all get going in October. But once again, thank you guys so much for tuning into the show today. Really appreciate it. Got to thank you all for listening. Got to thank Tom Gazzola for joining us. And again, our sponsor, DraftKings. If you're going to sign up, make sure to use promo code THPN. With football season getting going, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. So definitely check that out at DraftKings. This has been the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name's Connor Halley. Give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday wherever you get your podcasts from.